when I was when I was little, my parents bought my brother and I uh, ColecoVision, which was basically like a knockoff Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Uh, we played that thing for forever. It was crazy. It was crazy. And then after some persistence uh, from my little, from my younger brother, uh, they eventually bought us uh, an, an NES. So, eight bit gaming was a large part of my childhood. Uh, it's got a very nostalgic part uh, part of my heart. Um, so when I came across the uh, project that we're talking about today on Kickstarter. I, it immediately grabbed me. I was like, I need to learn more about this. I downloaded the quick start. Uh, I love everything that was in it. Um, I reached out to the, the, the designer publisher and said, hey, I'd love to have you on the show to, to talk a little bit more about it. So today we're talking about Heroes, Heroes of Cerula. Uh, this is an 8-bit gaming. It's on Kickstarter right now. Uh, so if you are interested, go check out the Kickstarter. The link is in the description. Yeah, I'm super, super excited to have Lucas Falk on today to uh, talk about it. And uh, we're going to do an actual play on the show here later. Uh, so stick around. We're going to do, we're going to have an interview with Lucas Falk. Hey everyone, welcome to Victor Condition Gaming. My name is Doug. Today on the show, we're talking Heroes of Cerula with Lucas Falk. Uh, I will remind you that if you are excited about this project, please hit that like button down below. And uh, we'd love to have you as part of our uh, VCG community where we get to showcase all sorts of independent RPG projects and, and designers. Let's bring on the person that you're tuned in to see. And that of course is Lucas Falk. Lucas, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I love this project. I, I saw it, uh, you know, I I saw it the other day, and I'm like, oh my word, this is this gives me 1980s vibes, and it totally meshes that whole, you know, tabletop and eight bit gaming kind of together. And there was just something really special about it. So I was like, I'm I'm all in on this project. So let's let's see if we can get more people to notice this because I I just adore it so so much oh thank you kindly that's uh, that's awesome to hear thank you uh, uh would you like would you like to introduce yourself and tell folks a little bit about who you are and what you do uh, so my name is, is lucas falk i live in sweden uh, i've been a, a role-playing enthusiast for a lot of my life and a couple of years back i started getting into publishing uh, and, and making like real products i guess uh, out of the things i had designed so i joined forces with uh, a couple other designers and we founded blackfish publishing and we've been doing that and started out doing games in swedish and now sort of uh, expanding into the, the uh, international scene and uh, yeah i, I uh, also grew up gaming a lot i think my first console was probably a, a uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, I, I was a bit younger. I, I had a couple of friends who had a, a NHS, but um, we never got one for some reason. And I think one of my first games was the Turtles in Time game. Oh. That was like, I loved Turtles. That was my jam growing up. So I got the game and I was really enthusiastic about it. And I played for like 15 minutes. And then my parents came in. And they bought the game for me, but they saw like all you do in this game is beat people up. And they're like, okay. "This is not a good game for a kid." 
so they took the game away like after 15 minutes and like it was my favorite franchise and everything and they returned it to the store and like got some other game <laughs> and i was like my mind was set i'm gonna hate this game this is gonna be the worst <laughs> game ever uh, i'm gonna hate my parents for the rest of my life and and everything like this is the worst lowest point in my entire <laughs> i guess eight, eight year life at that point uh but that game was actually uh linked to the past uh zelda game for uh, okay yeah Super Nintendo. and, and uh, i had a really hard time hating it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah even with that background and I, I grew into loving it and i think that's sort of the way i found my uh, way into tabletop games as well like with the uh, fantasy and adventures and computer games and that sort of genre that finally led me into tabletop role-playing games nice no i love it uh, yeah that, those are two two really great uh, super nes games that uh, yeah you get to to jump on and and uh, and, and be a fan of uh let's... I, I, ha I have played the the uh, turtles in time uh, game uh, <laughs> when i got a bit older it's a great game too it is it is it's it's, it's and, still uh... and i i also ended up like being a lifelong martial arts practitioner and i run a martial arts school at this point so those Very 15 cool. minutes of beating people up maybe <laughs> left their mark. <laughs> that it was too late later on. wow <laughs> all right all right so so you're in sweden again another person from sweden that's just rocking the whole rpg scene which is which is awesome I, you all over uh, that whole country over there is just knocking it out of the park with some really cool ideas and, and rpgs out there uh so yeah that's uh, that's really amazing you want to tell folks a little bit about what the heroes of cerulea uh is what it does yeah sure so in a lot of ways it, it's a pretty traditional role-playing game you have like a couple of stats and you roll die and uh, dice and you see if if you succeed or not you explore dungeons and fight monsters um, find treasure and things like that but it's uh, it's a bit peculiar in the sense that it it's i started out designing like a, uh, i wanted to see if i could design a, a zelda inspired tabletop role-playing game and I ended up going in the direction like if if it's just about adventuring and dungeons, it's just going to be like a, a traditional role playing game. So I started leaning into the video game logic aspects of uh, of the Zelda games and started incorporating that into the mechanic and, and pretty much everything about the game. Uh, so so it ended up being like a, a really uh, weird way to play tabletop role-playing games because it, it sort of uses the limitations of video games uh in, in in an environment which is not really known for its limitations and and it creates sort of a, a peculiar experience and and that's we sort of leaned all the way into that going with the uh, pixel art illustrations for the game and, and trying to keep it really minimalistic uh, design wise and yeah visually and mechanically and uh, the presentation of it as well so so it's a it's a pixelated tabletop role-playing game inspired by classic video games and uh, like i said you go into dungeons you fight monsters solve puzzles find new items and uh, hopefully defeat bosses and um, you don't really level up in the traditional sense. It's all about finding new items and using them in creative ways to solve puzzles and defeat bosses. 
I love that because that's exactly what uh, you know when we're playing those those Zelda and those Link games. That's exactly what we were kind of going for. Um, so I, I, I as, as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, I, I want to learn more and more about it. And the 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 uh, the thing that kind of sets this this game apart is that it doesn't use a D twenty; it uses D fours, which <laughs> I, I've I've shown to a lot of people, and I'm like, hey, have you seen this? They're like D fours. I don't know very many uh, systems that just use D fours, uh, but this system does. And and uh, you want to talk a little bit about the design choices to just using d4s for 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 your system uh, yeah sure i i started out like one of my uh, the project closest to my heart is a game we put out uh, a couple of years back called windshell uh, which translates to wind soul and for that game I, I used like pools of d6 dice and i was sort of inspired by uh Place in the dark and, and and some of the free league uh, like house system and it developed into its own thing and then I started working on this and I've really grown to like <laughs> my own system uh, which is very humble of me and I figured like yeah let's just take that system but then I was like I want to do something else and I want to uh, keep it as minimalistic as possible so what's the the lowest value die that's the d4 uh, and i also started thinking about like the the zelda uh, symbolism of the the triforce and, and like the d4 has triangular sure. faces so so i was like yeah that that makes sense uh, on multiple levels and, and i've never been a fan of d4 dice i, I think uh, there are only a few enthusiasts but I, I feel when you roll a pool of d4 it's a different experience you don't really focus on one of them so so i think it's a bit more fun and i i recently learned that there's a like a, a, a an open system called caltrop core which uses d4 as well i haven't really checked it out but i'm not uh, the only one using that so so if you really enjoy d4s you could check out caltrop core as well i guess i had not heard of that i will definitely check that out very cool um so this uh, this Kickstarter is funding for uh, a choral book, and uh, you've also unlocked some some other material as well. Um, the choral book is I, I love the design of this book. I'm going to show it up on screen here. Uh, just uh, but you've got two books that uh, you're you're funding. One is like the, the 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 standard edition, and then you've got a limited edition that is. Or a special edition that is just exclusive to the Kickstarter, which is that gold edition, and it comes with a slipcase, which is super, super sweet. And I know that I, I love the design of the books; they look like the old school NES cartridges, which I thought was super cool. Um, I just love the the whole design of everything that you've put together. The whole package just really, just it just hits really, really well. And uh, yeah, I, I I dig it so much. Uh, is there any good thing that's going to be different from the the, the standard edition, uh, or, or from the from the uh, special edition than from the standard edition? Or is it just just the cover difference? No, first of all, that's very flattering. So thanks a lot. And I think the the only difference will be the cover and the slipcase. And with the slipcase, you'll also get like a, a player booklet, so like a, a, a an instruction manual, sort of like your. Inspired by the old NHS games instruction manuals, 
uh, and it will contain all the like the main rules for players like character creation and, and action rules and things like that so so the the like inlay will be the same for both books but one's golden so that's something now how long this is i mean like i said the, the presentation that you've put out on a kickstarter and everything is in the the design and everything just looks top notch how long have you been working on this pro project is this something that you've been kind of just you know during these last couple of years while everything has been kind of the world's been on fire is this what you've been just focusing on for the last couple of years to kind of get to uh to kickstarter because i'll tell you what it looks it looks really really well done so far thank you uh i don't want to uh, ruin the illusion but uh I, I think i started working on this this year and, really and, uh, we put together like a a quick start rule set in, in january and we put it out there and we started talking about yeah maybe maybe this is something maybe we should do like a real game with it and uh, started work, working on it and i think like the, the the writing and the game designing and the playtesting, we've done a lot of playtesting during the spring and summer. So pretty much everything is already done. So so the Kickstarter is for financing the, the print and getting our, our money back from the illustrations we bought and, and hopefully doing a couple of cool things. So, uh, like one of the things we're really excited about was getting someone else to write a dungeon for uh, for the game that we could also publish and like we had this idea that maybe we could do like a, a custom dice or, or something cool like that and uh, we're we're moving in that direction and we've unlocked a, a guest dungeon from christian salen another fellow swede who worked on uh, cyborg uh, one of the co-designers of that and he's made a couple of uh like pamphlet dungeons that i was really inspired by the presentation of and, and like the design of so i'm really excited about having him help us out with a dungeon christian christian's great yeah it's uh, yeah. as soon as i saw that name i'm like oh this is gonna be a great this is a great collaboration with with everyone uh that, that you've got on on board and i love the fact that you've got a custom die and it's a d it's an eight-sided die but you have you know one through four on two you know it goes one through four on two sides so it's like it you're basically you're getting the same result but it just uh, uses a bigger bigger polyhedral die which is which yeah is so cool. i i had this idea that uh d4 is going to be the die for this game it makes sense and then we made a custom die that's not a d4 <laughs> so that's a, <laughs> a bit weird but but a lot of people hate the d4 and and i also like it's fun rolling stuff and and i've yeah. had this idea that that i really wanted to make uh for for one of other games i wanted to make like a 12-sided d6 because uh, yep. it rolls uh, better and it's more fun the d12 is, is probably my favorite die and then for this project uh, we we're like yeah we could do three sets of one to four on a 12-sided die but then i was like but we lose all the symbolism with the triangles and everything uh, and then we we're like but a d8 is triangular as well like the faces of it so so that makes sense so yeah i'm, I'm excited about uh that uh, having a, a a die that's uh, connected to the game and i mean you could use it for other games as well but sure uh, as you were saying it's not that common that you roll pools of d4 dice yeah. so um i i love that you, you've been smashing through stretch goal after stretch goal um i love the fact that you've added the last batch of stretch goals that you uh 
put put out were uh, that custom die, the solo mode, which is super. That is that something that, that that people have been asking for 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 a while. Solo solo RPG playing is is a huge thing right now. People people yeah. like love having that option. So that was super awesome that that you included uh, you know feedback on on that stretch goal. Do you have any kind of idea of how you are going to uh, you know uh, accomplish that with with this game? So, so when people started asking about that, we were like, no, it's probably not possible because the, the game is so focused on like exploring pre-made right. dungeons and solving puzzles. And, like you can't really solve a puzzle solo because if you look at the answer and, and you're wrong, then the game is over. And if you look at the answer and it's correct, it's not like, yeah, it's weird in that sense like it's not really compatible with the idea so we kept telling everyone no it's like it might happen but uh, we can't really see how and then so many people started asking about it and i was i was also really into solo uh role-playing games for a while during the pandemic and i was really inspired by a, a game called uh, colossal uh, which is a cool uh, solo role-playing game and since so many people started asking about a solo game, um, we started figuring perhaps we could solve it. And we started looking at other games and, and talking to other people, like how we could make it work. So, so there's a, uh, there's a, like a seed, uh, like an idea uh, for how the solo version could work. It's going to be based on the same uh, like core mechanic, but the exploration part and the dungeons will be, uh, they'll be working in a different way, and yeah, it's a, it's a fun design challenge uh, yeah. to promise to deliver something that's not <laughs> really fully formed in your mind. But uh, I'm confident that we could do something fun with it. Absolutely, um, I will say that if anybody has any questions for Lucas, please let us know in the comments, and, and uh, we'll be glad to to address those uh, as we uh, go on here. Um, the other thing that I, I really I love when creators do this as a stretch goal, and I know it's not all that exciting for backers, but I just as someone that I know the back end of of things for RPG creators and writers and all that, the one of the stretch goals is to give your uh, your contributors and you, the people that are you're collaborating the external ones. Uh, a pay raise on what they're, you know, that you're going to compensate them by, by 20% more, which is, which is, is awesome. And I, I love that. I think that the more creators should do that. So kudos to you for, for doing that. Um, and I, like I said, I know for backers, it's just like, uh, but you know what, that goes a long way. And that, that shows that you appreciate the people that, that contribute to your game and to your project. And I, I think that that's, uh, that's super commendable. And, and I think more people, more backers should be excited about that, to be honest with you, because I think that that's, uh, that's something we should, we should encourage more, more and more creators to do. So, yeah, yeah I thought that, I, I, that was super, super smart think, and, and, and yeah, commendable. Yeah. I think like the, the one of the worst part creating a, a game is that you, uh, there's always the, the the money aspect of it uh, and there's never enough money to fully realize your vision right. for it and then like uh, the illustrator we're working with Ronja Melin she's done a, a couple of, of our other games and a couple of other games for uh, for other uh, companies as well and 
like every every time we contact her, uh, we're like, yeah, we want to do a game in this visual style. Uh, do you think you could do that? And she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And it ends up looking so much better than we could ever imagine. And we give her a couple of prompts. And she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll try it. And then ends up, yeah, like I said, always uh, a lot better, more creative, like the compositions, the details, everything is just miles ahead of, of my own personal imagination. And, and uh, yeah, uh, she's a really like creative, uh, brilliantly flexible. And, and like a, we keep calling her a style chameleon because she can adapt, but still keep like her own essential style to it. Uh, I think that's really great. And the same with uh, Christian Salin. Uh, like we really appreciate him taking the interest and the time to create something for us. We got uh, Walton Wood who's doing uh, editing uh, to help us uh, <laughs> overcome the language barriers when when getting into English games, uh, and uh, yeah, he's great as well, really professional and a lot of uh, good feedback. Uh, and, then, and then we got Maximilian Anderson, who's actually my brother. He's a musician who's doing uh, helping us create a couple of uh, ambient eight-bit tracks like specially uh, written for the game and and all of these people like i wish we could just raise money to give to them <laughs> and sure. not have to, uh, right. to print the books because they're so deserving of it and and i think we pretty much stole that idea from i don't know mark boy or, or cyborg or something like that they they started doing like increased payment for contributors i don't know where they got it from but we stole it from them like a lot of other things and and i think i agree with you uh, it's it's not the most exciting uh, like because you're not getting anything as a backer but as a backer you're, you're already getting so much like pretty much everyone is underpaid in this right. business and i like exactly. for 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 uh, the love of, of the tabletop rpgs so any possibility you get to even out the the unfair payment a little bit at least uh, is, it goes a long way to improve the industry i think absolutely and that's that's the other thing like people see the total dollar amount on on kickstarters and they don't sometimes it doesn't always register that hey you know what there's you know, cost to create the books there's cost to you know pay your, your contributors like all that stuff you know you're not getting a check at the end of this for for thousands of dollars it's it's you know once it's all said and done you'll be you know you you might make a little bit of a profit off of this but it's mostly just to create this game and to, to kind of you know get it out to to the market and and so you know all these people that that are contributing you know yeah they signed up and, and they they agreed to some sort of terms but it's like more the more of a passion project to see you get to realize this as as a, as a uh, you know as something physical instead of uh, you know just just online um, so yeah. it's always and, nice to see them do that and also like uh, when you start planning a project you don't know how many people are going to back it uh, exactly. If you agree on on a, a, a sum that's not going to be reasonable in the end, you don't really know uh, how that will work. And, and yeah. us within the company, we can sort of adapt and see how things turn out. But uh, it's good to also be able to adapt uh, the the payment for the contributors Absolutely. in some sense. Absolutely. 
All right, we've got a couple of questions. Let's uh, let's get see. Eric from Bullet Games asks, is this inspired by a particular Zelda game, like the original, or Zelda 2, A Link from the Past, etc.? or is there any uh, other video game inspirations? I'd say it's uh, like uh, an amalgamate of, of all the Zelda games in a lot of ways, like uh, mainly... Uh, Probably the first Zelda game and uh, Link to the Past, uh, Link's Awakening, like the the older games. Uh, but there are certainly influences from the newer games as well in terms of uh, dungeon design and, and items and things like that. So it's, it's a it is it is uh, serial numbers filed off Zelda <laughs> mashup uh, in a lot of ways. There are some other inspirations from like. Uh, older F Final Fantasy games, in some sure. senses, but but at its core, it's a it's a Zelda ripoff. I think. <laughs> I love that. Uh, QVam asks: uh, are the game the game rules of the existing pamphlets are they going to change when the books is, book is released? Are they, oh, I guess. Uh, oh, and then they follow up with: uh, what I mean is, what changes are expected to be in the book that are in the pamphlets right now? Right. So so we'll. Like the, there's always a, a, an allure to increasing the amount of content when you're creating a physical game, and we right. try to stave off that as much as possible. But we're adding some things, like uh, uh, more uh, different player options in terms of uh, choosing different kins and some special abilities. Uh, there's more, uh, a little bit more help for creating dungeons. There's going to be uh, a ready-to-play. Uh, campaign uh, consisting of four dungeons uh, that comes with the game and a, a little bit more um, like game master tools nice. things like that okay. uh, but i think the rules we updated the pamphlets like a couple of weeks back and i think those rules will will be uh, what ends up in the game but yeah, a little bit more added content just to to make it even more playable uh, without uh, increasing uh, the work you have to put in to study <laughs> the the text. Uh, Eric says uh, it's not a ripoff; it's a reimagining. That's right. reimagining. I mean, it's it's been one of the challenges. Like always, designing a game is a challenge, and putting together a budget and a marketing plan and things like that but one of the challenges has been like how how close can we get without uh, getting the nintendo band hammer on us uh, immediately <laughs> and, and i think we've managed to to file off the serial numbers enough so that uh, i studied uh, a bit of uh, like copyright law in, in college and i, I sure. tried to use those uh, uh, that knowledge uh, to i mean i if there was a, a an official Zelda game that was sort of in this vein, uh, we probably wouldn't have done it at all. But now that since there's not, uh, we felt like, yeah, it's an homage to Zelda games rather than uh, a cash grab, <laughs> I guess. Uh, QVM also says, "Cool, thanks." Is there a Discord server we may join to play the to play the game or play test the rules? Perhaps we should put something like that together. I, I know, like with uh, 
uh, our friends uh, did Mark Bory has a really great Discord, and, and yeah, perhaps we should do that. Uh, I guess, uh, as always, it's a matter of uh, like getting enough people uh, invested to to make it uh, interesting to hang out and, and exchange ideas. But we got one of the stretch goals that we're approaching now is a third party license yeah. that, that we also stole from from uh, the, the most more, uh, people <laughs> i guess but but uh, allowing people to create content and, and distribute it freely and uh, sell it if they like nice. uh, and it's going to come with like layout templates and uh, nice. uh, dungeon map assets to to make uh, uh, dungeon maps uh, in a simple way and I think it would be really exciting to see other people's ideas. I did that for for the previous game we did, uh, Vindskjell. Uh, for some reason, people st started uh, sending us uh, adventures for the game before it was even released. So we wanted to do something with that. And, and we sort of gathered them all up, did a bit of editing and, and did illustrations. And we got put together like uh, adventure collections that we published uh, from from real, just people sending in adventures and i think like a lot of those are so much better than my own ideas and, and like the, the mix of different people's ideas is what really brings uh, uh, a game to life uh, for Absolutely. me at least so i think yeah perhaps we should put together a discord server and see uh if we can elevate each other's ideas and, absolutely and... absolutely it's all about getting that community together to you know, to share and, and uh, you know, get excited about uh, the, the things that you're doing. Uh, yeah, see, even Eric even says uh, third-party licenses are awesome, great way to build a community. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's talk about the pledge levels uh, before before we uh, uh, sign off. Um, you've got, I, I love the pledge levels that you, that you have. You've thought this through really, really well. Um, well I'm going to... Uh, Let's see here. Let me share the screen. Uh, you've got a basic pledge of twenty. It's like twenty-seven. I'm going to give the the uh, U.S. Uh, conversion, but it's uh, twenty-seven dollars. Yeah. You get a physical copy of the game, which is that silver version, um, and then the PDF and then all the digital stretch goals for twenty-seven dollars. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. Um, I'm showing off the gold limited edition with the slip cover because I want people to get the gold limited edition <laughs> slip cover because I know how much slip covers cost and I know that, that, that it eats into your profit margins quite a bit. And so like I and, and since it's just a Kickstarter exclusive, I think that that's uh, that's definitely the way to go. Um, but uh, we've got a fifty dollar uh, or it's fifty dollar pledge for the gold edition. Uh, which you get uh, the like you said you get the slip case you get the booklet the uh, player booklet uh, and uh, heroes of cerule PDF uh, the digital stretch goals uh, again for fifty dollars that's that's yeah like I said slip covers aren't cheap so if somebody wants the the really fancy version of this uh, of this game this, that's definitely the way to go and then I love the fact that you've got this is the one that I went for because I am one of those players that once I find a game that I really, really love and that I really, I have three copies of it. I have a digital copy. I have my player's copy, like my playing copy. And then I have my copy that I like set aside and put on my shelf or put uh -huh. in my, my own personal library. And I love the fact that you did this 
for seventy-seven dollars, you get both copies of the book, the gold and the 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 the, uh, the silver version, and all the digital stretch goals and and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I. I, I think and also uh, for that level you get uh, an, an extra adventure booklet and right. you get a ga game master screen as well and uh, now you get getting the the guest uh, written dungeon by uh, Christian Salen and perhaps uh, dice as well yeah uh, if things uh, go according to plan so uh, yeah, uh, looking at the budget uh, right now, uh, like like before we we published these last couple of stretch goals, we were like, yeah, this is this is uh, much too cheap <laughs> for what they're getting, but we managed to like figure out a way so that uh, yeah, uh, if you want to get uh, a lot of uh, worth for your money, that's the level to go for. Uh, Absolutely, that. <laughs> that's uh, that's a great uh, great value for uh, for that pledge. Um, now the expected delivery date is June of 2023, so it's June 2023 is coming coming right up. It's not very far, so that must mean you've got pretty much all this all this pretty well all planned out and laid out and and everything. You don't have too much to, more to uh, work on on the back end uh, before it goes to print. No, it's it's pretty much ready uh, to go to print and like. The day before we launched the Kickstarter, uh, mm -hmm. the the printer was like, uh, "Oh, just so you know, we've added an energy tax because of the energy crisis in in Europe. So uh, it will differ between every month, uh, and we'll see what it is when you want to print." Uh, so we've added, like last minute, we added a couple of months uh, to our okay. uh, uh, estimated delivery, just to to try to navigate that. Sure. And like with, with a couple of the stretch goals that we were planning, we, we added a bit of time. So uh, we are economical pessimists and, and uh, time pessimists as well uh, in our company. And thus far, we've managed to deliver all our, our Kickstarters ahead of time. Nice. And we're, we might keep that streak going. I don't know. But we, we, we have a plan for how to get it on time at least. Okay, you've you've accommodated for for uh, those setbacks that might 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 happen. Uh, I love that because uh, you know this world is the, the way things are right now. It's things are so unpredictable. It's it's crazy. It's it's just been ridiculous seeing all the delays and and uh, with freight and everything. Um, yeah, I think that that's about it for our session. I I, I appreciate everybody that, that tuned in, and I'm going to tell you to go back uh, the Kickstarter if if you can. Uh, let us know in the comments if you backed it. Uh, I know a few folks in the chat here said that they backed it on day one, which was yeah. super awesome. Thank you so much. Um, we will be back on Sunday to do an actual play uh, of this game. So I'm excited. We've got a great team, great cast that uh, is going to come on and, and do that. Uh, uh, and uh, Lucas, I appreciate you giving your time today to, to hop on and, and your time that you're going to give us on, on Sunday to do this. Is there anything else you'd like to add before before we sign off? No, I'm, I'm really... I'm, I'm flattered that you're having me on, and uh, I, I appreciate the questions and the questions from uh, the chat as well. And I'm really looking forward to uh, to Sunday or, yeah. or Monday in my case uh, because of the time difference. But yeah, that's yeah. gonna be fun. That that's the other thing we should do. Lucas is six hours ahead of me, so like when we're doing it at six o'clock my time in the in the evening, it's it's 
midnight and later for 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 him so we greatly appreciate him staying up and, and running that so thank you so much uh it's uh, it's greatly greatly appreciated so uh yeah like i said i'll just remind folks that uh, if you enjoyed the session please hit that like button down below uh if you'd like to hear more content about uh, our tabletop rpg designers and creators and products hit that subscribe button we'd love to help bring more awareness to, to all so many creative people in this in this uh, industry and in this hobby making some really cool stuff like like Lucas here, and uh, we like to make you know more folks aware of all the things that they have uh, in the works. So that's going to do it for this session. Thank you so much. This has been Victory Condition Gaming because winning shouldn't be the only victory condition when you get to the table. We'll see you next time. Bye now. <laughs>